What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you guys afraid of? What are we afraid of? I believe it is safe to say this morning, church, that everyone in this room has been afraid. Everyone knows what it's like to feel very terrified knowing of something or someone or some situation. We all have been afraid of at one time or another, haven't we? As a little child, I remember being afraid of the dark. How many of you were afraid of the dark when you were little? At one time or another, you did. But let me tell you one thing that I'm very fearful of, or I am very afraid of, especially living here in Hawaii, and you're probably thinking of what that is. Cockroaches. (laughs) Cockroaches, they scare me. And if you know, if you're in, my family would know that whenever there's a cockroaches, and they know when I, I see a cockroaches, I'm running and screaming. I'm finding a place where I can jump up and hide, find a blanket or something. But the funniest thing is that cockroaches, the big ones, guess what? They fly. So whether you're on top of that kitchen counter or wherever it may be on a, some kind of upper level or higher, taller than I am, they can get to me. Cockroaches, I am afraid of them. Whether it's cockroaches or maybe not for you, but some of us are afraid of storms, tall heights, traveling in airplanes, or maybe, and you name it, you know what they are. Well, let me tell you that the USA Today, a year ago, did a study. They did a survey, a survey and asked people nationwide about their fears and their concerns. And they did it across different categories, from man-made fears like terrorist attack, or they even asked them about the government, the natural disasters, and even personal fears. So let me share with you this morning the top five personal fears from that study. So let's look up on the screen. Five is walking alone at night. Four, becoming the victim of identity theft. Three, safety on the internet. And two, being the victim of a mass or random shooting. So here it is, church. Number one is, can I get a drum roll? Yay, and here it is. Public speaking. (laughs) Number one is public speaking. You see, church, fear. On September 11, 2001, our country was introduced to yet a new fear for all of us, for our people. The fear of terrorism hitting close to home on our shores. You see, for years, you've heard of terrorism was something that happened in other countries. But now it has come to our front door. We live in a broken world, and fear is around us every day. And many of us live our fears. We live our lives fearful of many things. You see, there are hidden fears that motivates us too. Think about the fear of 
failure. It causes many people to never start or try anything that is not completely safe. How about the fear of rejection? Just the word rejection, you know what that means. It makes us afraid to do anything that could draw criticism or even give someone a chance to laugh at us. Well, there are a lot of things that you and I are afraid of. And just to kind of share a little bit with you, I found a list of phobias. Many of you probably know of some that I thought would be neat to share with you this morning. So if you could look at the screen and listen, look at some of these phobias. Okay, um, cyberphobia, that means a fear of computer. I hope no one has that fear. Ecclesiophobia, fear of church. And certainly that is not is the case in our, right now, this morning, you're all here. Lonophobia, fear of the moon. Astrophobia, fear of lightning. Chromato, uh, chromatophobia, fear of money. I hope that's not your fear. Europhobia, fear of the color red. Homophobia, fear of sermons. I hope you're not afraid of the sermon this morning. And certainly this one, give it a try. Try skydecapovia, fear of the number 13. Peladophia, this one, fear of baldness. And lastly, phobophobia, fear of fear. And there is a list. I could go on and on. But really, the course of naming all of these fears and all of them can probably, you can find them in two different categories. Two types of fear. You have the fear that is good. There is a fear that is good for us. Fear that keeps us from driving 90 miles per hour. A fear that helps us not to make sure we touch the rattlesnake. A fear that, that we have from jumping off a cliff. And maybe there's also a fear of other foolish things that you can think of. That's one type of fear. The next type of fear is a fear that is harmful to us. And this is the fear that we're going to be looking at, the spirit of fear in the scripture of 2 Timothy 1.7. The fear that paralyzes us, keeps us from doing things we could or we should. So perhaps this morning, church, there may be a fear that you need to overcome in your life. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right time. Because you see, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God has not... That's the key. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And this verse, and I pray that you will take this verse with you this morning, and I challenge you to memorize it. Memorize it. Because it will help us to overcome our fears. You see, God does not want you and me to live our lives in fear. As a believer or a follower of Christ, we need to know that we have an enemy. We have an adversary, and that is Satan. Satan, the thief, comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy 
He comes to us and uses our fears to draw us away from our relationship with God. Satan, you see, is a master of using our fears. He can keep us from being effective in our walk with God, in following God, by using our own fear. He uses the spirit of fear to make our lives miserable. We worry. We get scared. We're fearful. That can make our life miserable, doesn't it? Let me tell you of a true story. A true story, there was a lady who died in 1916. Her name is Haiti Green, and she was called America's Greatest Miser. You see, when she died in 1916, she left an estate valued at $100 million. Now again, that's 1916. Keep that in mind. But she was so miserly that she ate cold oatmeal in order to save the expense of the heating water. When her son had a severe leg injury, she took so long to find a free clinic to treat him. By that time, the leg has had to be amputated because of an advanced infection. Haiti Green was worried, was fearful that her money would be gone. Fearful that her wealth, that she didn't get to enjoy life. How about us? We can be so afraid and so fearful about everything in our life that we don't get to enjoy life, the life that God has given us. For some, for those who are married, sometimes we're scared about our marriages, that we never get close or have that intimacy that we could have. Have you ever met someone who worries a lot? Don't look at them. Don't say their names. The worry warts, as you would say. But have you seen them that they're never, they're never happy? They're always miserable. But you see, Satan makes us ineffective, church. In a week or so, next week, we're going to begin a journey. A journey of sharing the gospel sharing our faith, and we're going to go through just walk across the room, we as a church together. And guess what? Satan is going to use fear in each and every one of us here. He will, and he will use us to make us think that we're no good. It will make us think that whatever I say, no one will listen. Maybe Satan is going to make us, give us this fear, I'm going to mess up. Those are some of the fears that he's going to use us to be ineffective, be an ineffective witnesses for God. And sometimes the devil does use us to not serve him. He uses fear to not serve him. Some of you can say, I can't teach children's church. I can't be in nursery. I'm so fearful that I I cannot be a pastor, a missionary. I cannot sing or play an instrument in a worship team or a praise team. And certainly, I'm so fearful that I can't share my testimony. Fear, fear, fear can can keep us from serving 
God. Satan uses methods of our past, the fear of our past, the possibilities of the future, the potential of our failure. He uses the certainty of criticism. Don't you hate that? See, Satan is the master of using our fear to stop us, to bind us, to rob us. So you see, each of us here today, we need to acknowledge and realize that he exists. We can't deny that. He exists. But today, church, we can claim victory. We can claim victory over all what Satan does because we have God on our side. Can I hear an amen? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us three things this morning that I want us to look at. And first is, and remember, the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us the spirit of power to overcome our fear. Our God is all-powerful. And if he dwells in our hearts, how can we be fearful unless we believe all the lies of the enemy? You see, the Apostle Paul wanted Timothy and all of the believers and we ourselves here to be clear of this, that God calls us a life in him and brings to the table power, not a life of fear or timidity. And the word Paul uses in this verse for power is the Greek word dynamis. That can be translated as supernatural power, where we get our word, English word for dynamite. Dynamite. That's power, isn't it? How powerful is that? He, he has called us. God has called you and me to be his spiritual sticks of dynamite for his kingdom. We are called by God to blast the holes of the gates of hell. We are called to blow up Satan's plans and deceptions. And church, you and I have been called to be a dynamis, not duds. I don't know about you. I don't want to be a dud. But we are a dynamo. We are a dynamite together, called to be a believers of actions, not believers of apathy. We are called to be in motion and not just go through the motion. This supernatural power that we're talking about is through Christ Jesus. The power that he says to us, I can do anything that God wants me to do. Not what I want to do, but what God wants me to do. And he tells us in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's power. Strength. Power. And power, church, to save us. Are you saved this morning? If you are, say amen. That means you have a personal relationship with God. And church, if there's one or two or three of you this morning who have not accepted him to be in your life, I pray that you will do that today. 
before you leave his house that you will take that power of salvation, the power that he gives us because and the only thing you have to do is this, but to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Power, power to be witnesses for him. We are. He gives us the power. Because you see, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And I would say you will be witnesses in Kapolei, in Eva, in Waipahu, in Wahiwa, in Mililani. Wherever you are, he will make you witnesses with the Holy Spirit's power. Save power to, to witness. How about a power to be joyful? We live in such a depressed society. Sad. But with God, there is power to be joyful. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust him. So that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans tells us that. Be joyful. That's what he wants us to have. In all of the fears, he gives us the power to overcome fear and be joyful. Power, lastly, on this part of this power part is that he gives us the power to endure our challenges. A look around. There are many challenges that are in this room and trials that you're facing. But church, 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, When you're going through your trials, you feel so weak and helpless. But he said to me and to you, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in our weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So if you are trusting in, drawing from, relying on, believing in the one who has the power, he will give you the power you need through the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. Use God's power, his power when you are confronted head on with fear in your life. Not only does God give us power to overcome fear, He gives us love. The Lord does not give us the spirit of fear, but he gives us the spirit of love. 1 John 4 tells us there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he Because God first loved us. Church, being unconditionally loved by God brings confidence to our lives. I hope you know that. I hope you feel that. Because the Bible tells us that, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, God's punishment 
for the wrong things we've committed in our lifetime is paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. We do not need to be afraid or have fear of what will happen after we die if we receive God's love. Have you received that kind of love in your life today? And here's how it works. The more we love God, the less we will have fear. It is a matter of trust. When we realize that God will take care of us, it releases our fear. Many of you would would, um, know this. Many of you are a parent. You know that you have to take care of your children. And certainly Micaiah and Gabby has nothing to worry or be fearful about. Because see, they have, we will provide food for them. They don't need to worry about where, what they're going to wear, how are they going to get to school, how are they going to get to their practices, or be where they need to be. You see, mom and dad, we will be there for them to protect them. But if we don't protect them, can you imagine the fear, the worries, the stress that they have? That's not good. But you see, for us, this is what God does for us. We don't need to worry. We don't need to be fearful because in Romans 8, 26 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those, this is it, who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God's unconditional love for us. But church, God's unconditional love for us also helps us to love others more unconditionally. That's hard. That's tough. The Bible tells us that as unconditional love works powerful. It works to remove fear and produces confidence and courage. Let me give you an example of how that works. If someone you know is interviewing for a job, Many of you probably know of someone or you've been through this. You know how scary that can be, the fear and uncertainty. But to love on others, to love on that person, encourage them. Pray for them. Let them know that they can do this. And you see, that fear is transformed into confidence. And as they go on that interview, you know that they've got your support. They've got it. And that's how fear is transformed into something good. And loving others in your daily relationships can also produce confidence in you. Yet, we can only love others unconditionally if we have received God's unconditional love. The love of God relieves our fears. It does. And love causes us to overcome our fear for the good of others. Think about the rescue workers. Think about the ambulance drivers, the parents who's trying to get their relative out of a burning house. A soldier braving the hail of the bullets to rescue a wounded soldier. Love causes us to tell others about God. Love also allows us to lead Ohana group. Hey, it does. And love also tells us to help others in need. We can overcome our fears with the spirit of love. And thirdly, this morning, 
And I thank you for being so patient. The Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a spirit of a sound mind. Look at your, your Bible if you have it with you. You may have a different wording in your Bible. Some say sound mind. Some say self-discipline. Some say self-control. Most of the time, our harmful fears are the result of our wrong thinking. When we evaluate and look at our fears, we often know how to control our fears. We need to take control of it. For instance, many of our fears are simply caused by lack of discipline in what we take into our minds and what we allow to stay in our minds. You see, we fill our minds with thoughts, lots of thoughts that produces fear. Let me give you an example. In a reaction of a terrorist attack, what are some of the things that we fill our minds with? Some respond with anger. Some respond with fear. But you see, much of the responses are really influenced by the news that you see on TV and what you hear on the radio that changes one hour to the next hour. So really, we can choose to turn off, turn off the TV and to take control of our thoughts and our actions. And how can we do that? I would say, take your Bible. Take the Bible reading plan. Listen to music, meditate on the word of God, and pray about the situation that you're filling your minds with or what's going on. But something happens, church, when we look into the word of God and begin to trust his word, our mind is renewed. And it tells us in his word that we are not to what? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that when, then you will be able to test and approve God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, in my way of thinking and in your way of thinking, I may be afraid that I won't make it financially or whatever that may be, but if I trust God and accept his way of thinking, I can be assured of this. I look at the scripture in Luke 12, 28. What if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today, are thrown into the fire tomorrow? He will certainly care for you. Why do you have little faith? Why? And I tell you, a lot of times, some of us, we think we are afraid of dying. Can I tell you an experience that I had about four weeks ago before my surgery? This whole idea of dying and death was brought about by Satan. He brought the, the, the card of death on me. The death knowing that what happens, Deb, if you're in that surgery, while the surgery is going on, you could die. You could die. And we went on and on, and I, I kept talking to, to Major, and I said, okay, if I die, this is this, 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 and that. I made all the lists and making sure that everything was taken care of. But you know what? I did thought about it, but guess what? God's word came to mind. I said, Deb, why are you worried? And it says here in Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God 
will be with you wherever you go, even in that surgery table. Your doctor told you she'll take care of you. And I know for the fact, I don't know why I was fearful. I know for the fact that I have an assurance, an assurance to know that when, if I do die, that I will be with him in heaven. So there was no need. I said, I'm going to be okay. I'll take whatever it may be, but I just need to trust him. You see, church, scriptures, his promises is what we need to overcome fear. His power, his love, his word, to have that sound mind, to be disciplined, to have have self-control. If you are studying in the word right now, can I hear an amen on how God is working in your life? And if you're not, I encourage you to do so. I really do. Because I believe there is, this is a life, and it's the only we can overcome fear. In conclusion this morning, See, conquering fear, it's not a matter on us. It's not a matter of us doing it on ourselves. It is a matter of dependence on our God, that we can trust him and love him. It is a matter of faith in his word and his promises to you and me. It is a matter of recognizing fear. We do have to recognize fear and recognize God's majestic grace that he gives us in the spirit of power, in the spirit of love, and in the spirit of having sound mind. So where do we go from here? Whether you're the youngest person in the room or you're the oldest or you're in the middle, wherever you may be, what does it all mean for you this morning? I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to look into your lives this morning. And maybe some of you are saying, I'm good, I'm cool, Major. God is saying, yeah, you know what? I'm strong, I can handle fear. But there is a spiritual battle that we're dealing with. We just heard about who he is. And so this morning, whether it could be sickness, fear of death, fear of the future, fear of terrorism, fear of economy, fear of addiction, Fear of what's going to happen in school, deadlines, not meeting it. Fear about your business, what's happening. Certainly, there's a lot more. But remember, there is no limit to situations that tempt us to be afraid. So church, fear not. Fear not because for God has not given you or me a spirit of fear. He has given us spirit of power he has given us a spirit of love and church he has given us a spirit of sound mind so with the holy spirit helping us let us conquer fear church together individually and corporately as a church as a body of believers we need to let go i'm sorry let it go and let god take care of it trust him Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. It says submit or acknowledge him and he will make your path straight.